All right, let's learn some Torah here. We're up to Daf Yud Amud Aleph. We are up to the last word on the third line. Tibor Echad Shachametz. We got the place. 10A, Daf Yud Amud Aleph. Tibor Echad Shachametz. If you have a pile of chametz, you have two homes that have been searched and cleaned out from chametz. Yeah. And now you got a pile of chametz in front of both homes that are kosher the Pesach. And now a mouse runs from this pile of chametz. And we don't know which house it went up into now. We know for zikr, we know for sure that this mouse had chametz. And we know that the homes beforehand had badika. Now it went into one of the homes. We're not sure which home it ran into. One of them certainly has chametz. This is going to be the same halacha of two paths. The well-known Mishnah as concerning the laws of Tumah. The Tanan, what did we learn about the law of two paths? When you have two paths, picture a fork in the road, two paths leading up to the fork. We know for a fact one of the paths leading in this direction has a grave underneath it is certainly Tameh. And we know the other one is certainly Tar. But we don't know which path has the buried corpse. And somebody walked on one of those paths now, again, we're unsure whether the grave is on the path that he walked. And after walking on that path, so he is now Suffolk Tame. After walking on those paths, on one of those paths, he touches Taharis. And now his friend comes along. And his friend walks on the other path. And then handles Taharis. He had a question. Two paths. Yanko walks down one path. Beryl walks down the other path. Each one has a suffix whether they're tummy. But let me tell you something. If you look at each one individually, you could say, all right, Yanko, you're tar. Beryl, you're tar. But now that they both walk down both paths... It's ridiculous to say that they're both Tameh. That they're both Tar. One of them's got to be Tameh. Right? One of them's got to be Tameh. Famous Misa with the Rebetzin in the kitchen. Two litigants come to the Rav. The Rav listens to one, he says, you're right. Listens to the other, he says, you're right. Listen, the Rebetzin says, it's not possible, they're both right. The Rav says, you're also right, it's not possible, they're both right. Everybody, you can't all be right. So if you look at Yankel by himself, all right, you can say he walked on the tar path. If you look at Beryl on himself, he walked on the tar path. But when they both walk, you can't say they're both tar. Rabbi says, If Yankel comes into the roof and he says, I walked on a path. I'm not sure whether I'm Tommy. I know one of those paths had a grave. 
not sure if it was the path I walked on. What, what could the Rub say? Yankul, the Kolba said, Safek Toma, and Rishus Harabim, you're okay. And then if Beryl comes in afterwards to the Rub, the Rub will look at Beryl, say, Beryl, and your Matzah, it's also okay. However, Rabbi Yehuda says, Shneim Babas Achas, if Yankul and Beryl walk in at the same time to ask a Shaila to the Rub, to Mayim, you got to say they're both Tomei. Because somebody is Zichar Tomei here. Somebody is certainly Tomei. And if you're asking a Kasha at the same time, it's, it's, it's ridiculous to say once to, uh, that they're both Tar. Because we know for a fact that is not Shaykh. That is simply not possible. That is Shekhar. Alright? Rabbi says, let me tell you something. Ben Kach Either way, if two people walk on the Shnei Shvila, even if they come one after the other, the Rav can't be Mako for Yanko first and then Beryl second. Either way, because it's, it, it's, it looks ridiculous. They did walk on both paths. Rabbi Yaisi says, you're both going to be tough. If you walk by yourself, you're tardy. Somebody else walks down the path, tough. If one comes alone, the rub's going to pass in his tar. If an, right. Yes, according to Reb Yehuda, yes. Yeah. And what does the Rav say to him? Great. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the Rav's going to say Tahar. Tahar to you as well. According to Rabbi Yaisi, the Rav's going to say, You're Tame, and then call in the first guy and say, By the way, you're Tame too. Well, no, it's not good. How can you do that? He, Be- he's going back. He already passed in on that guy. That guy came to him, and he, he asked the Shiloh. Good. So let's keep reading the Gemara. Good Shaila, Rabiel. Rabiel says, listen, according to Rabbi Yaisi, if one comes after the other, one already got his psak. Let's keep reading the Gemara and we'll get back to your question. Good. Hold your question. Hold your horses here. Good. Very good. Zakh Gemara. Amar Rava. Rava says, Vitema Rabbi And some say it was Rabbi Yechenon. When they walk into the, the Rav's office at the same time, everybody agrees, Tame. If one comes after another, Divrei Akol Tahirin. Everyone's going to say Tahar because of what Rabiel just said. As long as you're asking about yourself, Rashi says. So the Yankul came, he's Tahar. Beryl comes afterwards, he's not asking about Yankul's status. He's asking about Beryl's status. I'm Beryl. I don't want to know about Yankul. I don't care what you told Yankul. I'm Beryl. I've got, I've got my own suffix. Just because Yanum walked down the other path that's going to mess me up? Nay. Lainachluku says either Rava or Rabbi to clarify the Machlaikas. Ella, the Here's the Machlaikas. When somebody comes and Beryl walks in and says, Ruv, here's the deal. Shnei Shvil and two paths. I walked on the left side. Yanko walked on the left side. Beryl walked on the right side. And Yanko's asking on behalf of both of them. So Rabbi says, Oh, that's like you're coming in at one time. And we're going to be Tomei. This far in for Zabiel's Kashi. You're not going back retroactively to somebody you pass Kintar on. That's not what's happening. 
you have one guy who's coming to act, uh, ask on behalf of both. But Rabbi Yehuda considers it and therefore either way you are going to be mekel. The main idea over here is that the halacha of the mouse who took the chametz into the two checked homes is going to, whatever we paskin by Shnei Shvilin, when I have two paths, one for sure has Tuma and one has Tara. Now that's how we view this home. We have two homes. Now one for sure has Tuma, one for sure has Tara. So however, however you're going to paskin on the paths, that, that same sock is going to apply to how you view each home. Period. All right. Now what about the next halacha pertaining to Bedikas Chometz? Safek al Safek loy al. Maybe we have a Safek whether the mouse went into the house at all. Okay? We don't know. Not sure. Beforehand, we know a, a mouse walked into a house. Okay? Or if you want to make that plural, the mice walked into a house. All right. Over here, we're Mesupik, we have a doubt as to whether the mouse brought chametz in at all. All right? So what's the halacha there? You have a pile of chametz in front of a house, and a mouse takes the chametz, and we're unsure now whether the mouse took the chametz b'chalal into the house. You don't know. Hi, Nubika. A kezayis. Yeah. Says the Gemara, hi, Nubika. This is going to be the same halacha as a bika. A valley, an open field, a valley. And the halacha of a bika, we're about to explain, is actually a machlekes tanoim, which is as follows: the tanan, the mountain of Mishnah. A person goes into an open valley during the mice hagishamim. Now, during the rainy season, the halacha is you're not allowed to cut through other people's fields when it's wet, um, because. Uh, during the rainy season, it, by me walking through somebody else's field, it's going to ruin the things that are beginning to grow. It's going to ruin the soft uh, growths of the field. And therefore, uh, it's, a, it's, it's considered a rishus hayachid. Um, and I'm not allowed to walk through in the first place. The tumma besada plainus. And let's say there is tumma in a particular field in this open valley. The Yomar Echad, a person said, Halachti b'makam halaz. I walked through that particular part. I know I walked in the area. I'm just not sure whether I walked into the field where there is a potential body buried there, so I don't know whether I'm tummy. Rebbe Lozer mitahar v'chom mitamim. Rebbe Lozer says you're tahar because there's a chance you didn't even walk into the field. And the Chachamim say you are tummy because... You, the, the area that you walked in is considered a Rishus Hayachid and a Suffolk Tuma. Here's the rule that we need to know. Here's the, here's the Yisait. Suffolk Tuma. If I have a doubt about a status of Tuma, Rishus Hayachid in a private domain, Tame, we're strict. We say you're Tame. However, if you're in doubt about whether you became Tame in a public domain, it's Tahar. All right? It's learned out from Saita. But the, the bottom line is Suffolk Tuma, Rishus Hayachid, Tame. Suffolk Tuma for Shusarabim is going to be Tahar. So Rabbi Eliezer said you're Tahar. The Chum say you're Tummy. Why? Shayir Rabbi Eliezer says Suffolk be a Tahar. 
if you are not sure whether you went into a Rishus HaYachid at all, the guy says, I know I went to the area, I don't know if my mom went to the field. So then, then he says, we're, we're lenient. Safik Maga Toma Tome. But if there's a, you're, you're, when it comes to Shiloh about whether you touched something that's Tome, there we're going to be strict. All right? Now over here, we don't know whether the guy went into the field with the grave or not. The Mela, when it comes to a field, Rabbi Leezer says, Tar. Same Zach with the mouse. Why? Because what was our case? You have a mouse that takes that takes chametz from a pile in front of a house, and we're not sure whether the mouse entered the house with the chametz at all. That's like this guy who we're not sure if he entered the field with Toma. And the same way, Rebbe Liezer is Makel. He's lenient by the Toma. He should be lenient by this house as well, and say that we don't need to uh, we don't need to check the house again. Because all we're dealing with over here is the status of Rabbanon. Both Rabbi Lezer and the Chachamim will agree the house does not need to be checked. When a mouse takes chametz, there's a searched house that has a chazaka of being clean. The mouse comes with chametz. If we're not sure if it went in, you don't need to recheck your house. Okay. Next case of a checked house. Next story. Alubodak Vlayeshkach. The mouse takes chametz, goes into the house that had been cleaned and searched already. We know for sure the mouse went in. What does the owner do? He goes and checks out the house. The mouse went in. What's he mechayiv to do? Bedika. Go check. Pluk to the The halacha in this case about what you do you know the mouse brought chametz in, but you're not finding anything. You got a problem. It's the we learned in a Mishnah Anida. says, Anything that has a status of being Tomei, keeps its status of Tomei, until you know exactly where that Toma is, so you know how to get rid of it. You should keep. Re- you should keep. Uh, you, uh, you need to keep searching. However, once you did a thorough check, you're done. You're off the hook. All right. And Amela over here, if the owner comes and checks, we know there's a chazaka. We saw a mouse bring chametz back into the home. We know that. If you did a thorough check, Hakol Maskim. Everybody agrees that you're done. You don't need to check the house again. Bedikas chametz is not daraisa. Bedikas chametz is darabonon. Me daraisa. All I need to do is nullify everything. Suffolk darabonon lekula. I could be lenient. It's fine. Yes, you saw a mouse for sure run into the house. You do a bedika. You can't find anything. Move on. Okay. What happens in the opposite case? Olu bodak veishkach. What happens if you cleaned and checked your house? Then a mouse comes. And Mendel the mouse. He comes and he brings chametz into the house so the owner goes and checks. And he finds chametz. So you'd say, yeah, what's the shayla? You found your chametz. Shalom al Yisrael. Gewalt. The way to understand the psaq here is based upon a machoikastin rebbe 
And Rishimming on the old Tanah, we learned in Bagaisa, Sada Shinabar Bokever. If you have a field and you know that somebody at some point was buried in this field, you just don't know where in the field the grave is. Okay? Hanichnas Lasaychatami, a person who goes into the field is Tami. Nimtzubak Kever. Let's say you find the Kever afterwards, you find the location. Hanichnas Lasaychatar. So, as long as you walk on a different part of the field, you're Tahar. Because we know now you didn't step over the grave. Divrei Rebbe. This is the opinion of Rebbe. No, even if you find the grave, you got to keep checking the field. You know why? Maybe there's another grave. How do you know that this is the grave that was assumed to have been there originally? Maybe once one person is buried there, more than one person is buried there. What's the connection to Chomets? The mouse takes Chomets and runs into the house. The owner searches and finds Chomets. Like the guy walks into a field and finds a grave. So now, one second. Who says this Chomets is what the mouse brought back into the house? Maybe this Chomets was there before and you messed up on your badik. It's Shaykh that whatever the mouse brought in is somewhere else. Same case as the grave. Think about it. By the grave. We know there's Chomets in the house. We know there's a grave in the field. You check, you find the grave. Do I say, all right, you found your grave. Shalom al-Yisrael. Gewalt. The rest of the field started. This is the grave. Or do we say, no. You, you still have to check the rest of the field. Because maybe the grave that you found is not the grave that was known to have been there. Maybe it's the second one. And until you check every other part of the field, you still need to have to have an assumption. Somebody else may take be buried there. Same thing by the house. By the chametz, just because you find the chametz means you have to stop searching the rest of the house. No, keep searching the rest of the house. Period. Okay. Person puts down nine pieces of bread by bedikas chametz, and guess what? He found ten. <laughs> How often does that happen? He found it from last year, right? <laughs> the missing one from a decade ago. Yeah, all right. So you put down nine pieces. Why'd you put down nine? I don't know. You put down nine and you found ten. This gets into Machlegzin Rabbi and the Rabbana, the Tani, we learned in the A person puts $100 somewhere, puts his hand back into his pocket, he finds $200. It had a baby. You know, we say maybe the money that was there might be my Shani money. Okay? Because the money, Rashi explains, the $100 that you put there, when you put it in, is my Shani money. You put down my Shani money. And then, of $100, you went to take it out, and now you see $200. So... We view it like $100 is my Shoshani and $100 is not my Shoshani. You don't have to assume that the extra money is also my Shoshani money. You don't have to assume that. Divrei Rebbe, that's the opinion of Rebbe. No. If you put in 100 and you pulled out 200, it's not even my Shoshani. It's not even my Shoshani. Why? 
because people don't put Meister Shani money with regular money. And therefore, if you found $200, guess what? This must not be the Meister Shani money that you put down. I forget, there's some famous Misa. Some, some famous story of... Uh, I'm totally going to mess it up. I'm a gedailim. Got from where? Maybe a brisk. Either way, somebody, somebody lost uh, a guy. Well, a guy lost a wallet, and then we'll say two thousand dollars. Okay, whatever currency they had, two thousand dollars the wallet. Um, he comes running to the rav. He says, "Rav, the rav says, oh, put up signs. We'll find you money." He was visiting town. Okay. A little bit later, an almana comes and says, "Rav." I found um, I found a wallet that had I'm, I'm totally messing up the story, but some like I had I found a wallet that had fifteen hundred ruble. Am I allowed to keep it? So the Rob says, I think I know who the owner is. Somebody lost his wallet, and you know he he thinks it was two thousand, maybe. Yeah. So he calls the guy back, and the guy's, the guy's insistent that he had $2,000, and this almana was stealing 500 rubles. So, Lamaisa, the punchline of the story is the Rav basically took all the money away from him and said, it must not be your wallet, get out of here. You know, if you're insisting, he wanted to pull a fast one on the lady who found it. You know, as the Rav says, all right, you think you had more? Talk it wasn't more. Bye, see you later. It must not be yours. And the guy walks away penniless. He walks away yeah, it walked away with nothing. So over here, by the Meister Shani money, if you put in a hundred, says Rebbe, who is this? Says the Chachamim, if you put in a hundred and now you find two hundred, none of it's Meister Shani. It must not be the wallet that you put there originally because money doesn't give birth to itself. Let's say you put down ten pieces and you find nine. Opposite case, Hainu Seifa. That's the Sefer, the tiny we learned in the Baisa. He niach masayim, if a person puts down 200, umatsa mana, and he finds 100, mana munach, mana muto. We say that, oh, maybe you're only finding half of your stuff. Yeah, you only find, that's the, you only found half of it. Divrei Rabbi. This is the opinion of Rabbi. Bechomim, Bechom say no, hakochulim, the rest is chulim. Okay? Because, Lamaisa, we just assume that it's not the money at all. The same thing would be true with the house. If you put down 10 pieces and you find nine, you would have to search out the house for that 10th piece, period. Now we turn to Yod Amud Beis. Here we go. Next case. The person leaves chametz in a particular location in the house. He puts it by his front door after Badika's chametz. Next thing he knows, he wakes up in the morning and all of all of his chametz by the back door. And the Rabban we learned in a brisa kardum If a person loses their kardum, their their uh, axe in their house. Habay is tummy. The house is tummy. Shani Aimer Adam tummy nichnas l'shamunu tolay. I'll say a tummy person came and took it and touched the other stuff as well. Rav Shingo Mi Aimer 
Rav Shimon Gamliel says, Abai is tar. No, the house is still tar. Shani Yomer, Hishiloi la'achar v'shokach. Oy ve'yizmir. Isaac, come on. So Nochemol. Rav Shimon Gamliel, Oymer, Rav Shimon Gamliel says, Abai is tar. The house is tar. Shani Yomer, Hishiloi la'achar v'shokach. I'll say that the owner must have lent the axe to somebody else and forgot that he lent the axe. Or maybe he just moved it from one place to another and forgot exactly where it was put originally. Zabis Mandakar Shmei says the Gemara by the case of the axe, you know, we mentioned the corner of the house by the Chomets. Who's talking about the corner of a house about uh, when, r- w- as far as the axe is concerned? Why does he talk about it being moved from one Zabis, one corner to another? So Gemara explains as follows The story of the axe and the Tumah is the following scenario. Kardom Sha'ovad Bebayas. If you have an axe that is lost inside of a house, Habayas Tomei. The house is Tomei. Why? Sha'ani Aimer. I'll say, Adam Tomei Nechnas Lasham Vinatloi. A person who was Tomei went in there and took it from there. I or Shahiniach. This kid's, uh, this kid's back to his... Or he left the axe in one corner and found it in another corner. So this is what we're adding in. Then Habai is Tomei. So we're talking about a corner. The house is going to be Tomei Shani Yaimer because I'll say Adam Tomei Nichnas Lasham. A Tomei person went in there and took it from one corner, put it into another corner. And Rav Shingamil Yaimer, Shimil argues and he says, No, Habai is Tar. The house is Tar. Shani Yaimer is Shiloi Laacher Vishokach. I'll say the owner forgot about it. He taka lent the axe to somebody else, forgot that he lent it out. Or he himself didn't chap that he moved it. Okay? So that's going to be the halacha when it comes to Tumah. Bottom line is that, that uh, if the chametz was left by your front door in the morning and then moved to the back door, we're going to, we're going to assume that the owner himself moved it to the back door he moved it. He forgot for whatever reason. I don't know, for whatever. He, he, he forgot. He was so tired. He didn't realize what he was doing. And Mamela, you don't have to do another bedika. That's according to Rav Shem Gambil. The Chachamim are going to say that you don't say, we don't make an assumption that a person is not going to know what he's doing. And if you've left your Chachamim by the front, and then it's moved to the back. We're going to say, oh, maybe Taka, uh, a mouse came in, an animal came in, and took the chametz, and you would be mechoyev in another bedikas chametz. Period. End of that shaila and teretz. Amar Rav. Rav says, Akbar nichnas v'kibar b'piv. You have an akbar, you have a mouse that walks into a house chewing bread. And the owner starts chasing them out. And he finds breadcrumbs. All right, you see there's crumbs on the floor. You got to do another bedika. Because um, 
the uh, in akvar is if you have small crumbs, you're going to have to assume that there's a larger piece, the size of a kazayas as well. Okay, why? Because Rashi, uh, the Mefarshim explained on the side that it's um, the way that mice eat, they don't crumble things up. Mamela, if you're finding crumbs, you have to assume there's a larger piece somewhere else. I, if, if mice don't make crumbs, how are you finding crumbs? It must be different crumbs. It must be you didn't do an original good bedika. And Mamela, you're mechoyev to find this loaf. Viyama Rava. And Rava says, Tinaik nichnas v'kikar biyodai. You have a kid. Walks into a house, chocolate cake. All right, you trail the kid around, you find a piece of chocolate cake everywhere. You don't need another batika. Kids make messes. They leave crumbs wherever they go. And therefore, if you find crumbs on the floor, you know that's the crumbs that the kid dropped. And Mamela, you don't need another batika. You know exactly where the stuff is. Gavalt. Boy rub. Rabbi asked the Shaila, Akvar Nichnas Vikikar Bepib. A mouse walks into a house with a loaf of bread in its mouth, Akvar Yaitz Vikikar Bepib, and a mouse goes out with, with, with bread. All right? So you see a mouse walk in, yeah, they're making themselves at home. Yeah, yeah, one, one mouse walks into the house with a bread, and then a, a mouse walks out with bread. Ma, what's the Allah? Me, Arina, Hainu, Hai, the Al, Bahainu, Hai, Dinafak. Do we say the same mouse that brought in the Chala took it out? Yeah, he's, he's making a round trip. All right, and therefore, you know, the Chametz is back out. Or maybe we say it's a different mouse, and therefore the Chametz that was brought in is, uh, is still in your house. Okay? Now, if you're going to say, the same mouse that brought in is the same mouse that's taken it out. You have a white mouse walks into the house with bread, and a black mouse walks out with bread. Mao, that was Allah. Hi, Bad Akhrinu, Zikha different Zikha different mouse. Okay, now if it's a different mouse, so that means the original loaf is in the house. Or maybe not. Aidoma Armuyar Maimine. Or maybe the black mouse did a TKO on the white mouse, took the loaf of bread once he knocked him out. He gave him a total knockout. Yeah, knocked him out, took the loaf of bread, and uh, you know, headed for the hills. And Mamela, you don't need another badika because the loaf of bread is out the door. And if you're going to say that mice don't knock each other out over bread, whatever, if a mouse walks in with bread and then a weasel walks out with bread. Do we say this? The weasel knocked out the mouse and it's the same bread that the weasel just did a nice badika. Give me that bread. The owner had the badika already. What are you doing, Meshigay? Get this out of here, right? Aidoma, or maybe Achrinu, maybe it's a different loaf. Demisa, Demiakvar Shakilte, because if Taka the weasel knocked out the mouse and took the bread, Akvar Bepia, Avi the Mishgach. Yeah, you wouldn't only found the bread in the mouth of the weasel, you would have found the mouse in the, the, in the mouth of the weasel as well. He would have walked out not with, with, a, with a mouse bread sandwich. And if you're going to say that 
the weasel took the bread away from the loaf, uh, took the bread away from the mouse. Akbar Havi the Mishkach, then if Ittaka would have happened, where's the mouse? The weasel wants to eat the mouse too. Akbar Nichnas Vikikar Bib, what happens if a mouse goes in with bread? Beholda Yaitsev Vikikar Akbar Bibicholda, and the weasel walks out with both a mouse and bread in its mouth. Mao, what's Allah Khadir? Do we say that the mouse that walked in with bread is the same mouse that's inside the mouth of the weasel that's being schlepped out of the house? Aidoma M Isa Dioninu, or do we say that if it's like the same loaf of bread, Kikar Bapi Akbar Mishkaka Khaba Boy Dishkakuche, we would say that um, the weasel wouldn't have bread and the mouse in its mouth. The weasel would have its would have its its would have the mouse in its mouth, and the bread would still be in the mouth of the mouse. Yeah, he's using the, the mouse as, as mustard. The, the mouse is mustard on top of the bread. Or maybe, or do we say that uh, when the mouse saw the weasel, he went to Bissell, and, you know, he got, he got, he got frightened. And the loaf of bread uh, fell out, and that's why it's got both the mouse and the bread together, says the Gemara Teku. Um, the question, uh, the question stands. This Gemara reminds me of a uh, strickle humor they say over about a cat that comes up to Shemayim. And the uh, looks at the cat, and he says, um, is the cat Tom? Is that the cat's name? Or Jerry. I don't know who's Jerry, who's Tom. Yeah, the, a cat comes up to Shemayim, and uh, the Rabbani Shalom says, you know, you've been pretty good. God's fine. All right, you lived a good life. You, know, you go to Gan Eden. You know, what, what's, what's one thing you want? One thing you want. What, what can I give you? The cat says, you know, all these, you know, my whole life I'm running, I'm running after these mice. Yeah, I need a big fluffy pillow. A good fluffy pillow I can lay out, get schmack, sleep, sleep, enjoy myself. I'll be, you want me, that's it, got it. Big fluffy gazunta pillow. Down. Down pillow. Says, you got it. Sends him off to Ganadin. He's got his big pillow. Next day, three mice come up to Shemaya. So, Nebuchadnezzar looks at them and says, you guys have been pretty good. You guys have been pretty good. Uh, you can go into Ganadin. What can I give you? You can take one thing. Take one, whatever, one thing, whatever you want. They say, you know, we worked the whole life. We're running away from cats. We're just running away from cats. That's all we got to do. Cats, women with brooms standing on chairs, uh, give us rollerblades. If you give us rollerblades, you have wheels on the bottom of our shoes. We don't need to run anymore. We're done running. We don't want to run. That's it. Give us wheels on the bottom of our feet. Enjoy ourselves around Ghanaian. Okay, fine. Says, you got it. No problem. Roller skates, roller blades, it's on their feet. They take off. A week later, the Abish is looking around Gan Eden, you know, checking in on everybody. He sees the cat laying on this big, fluffy mattress. Mom is comfortable, king size, big pillow. And he says, No, how's it going? He says, I'll tell you. I never envisioned Gan Eden would be so good. This pillow, not to be believed. And those meals on wheels you've been sending me, unbelievable. <laughs> All right. See, you got the meals on wheels over here. 
right? They got the ak- you got the akbar, you got the cholda. All right, eh. puts it in his mouth with the loaf of bread. All right, let's go vayta. Boy, Rava, Rava asked the shaila, searching for information. Kikar mishmei kura. If you have a loaf of bread that's very high up in the, the kura, is really the cross beams of the roof. Saruch sumla read. In order to get down the chametz, there's a brand new shaila. In order, you have uh, chametz very high up. In order to even reach the chametz to get it down, you need a ladder. Or do we say, leave it? You don't need a ladder. You don't need it. Just leave it up there. Me, Amrina, Kuli, highlight your Do we say, listen? Bidikas chametz is midrabon. Midai Raisa, I could just nullify. I'm not over and by you, Rabbi Yimat. So Rabbi Yimat say, listen, if it's so high up, we're not going to we're not going to drive you nuts. Kivon de la nachas min avshei loyasi lemechla, because there's no way for it to get down. I don't mazim de nava vasi lemechla. Or do we say the Rabbi Yimat say, you know what? Even if it's high up, you got to get it out of here because what if there's a a hurricane? What if you have a strong wind that comes? Or the house shakes a little bit, and the chametz might fall down, and now you're going to have uh, potential uh, potential isudaraisa. You might eat chametz on Pesach if it falls down. The imtim tzolaim, and if you're going to say zimnin denafa avasi lemichla, that we're concerned that if taka might fall down, different you got to get rid of it. Kikar bebar. What happens if you have a loaf of bread in a pit? Sarach sulam lalusa. In order to get down there, you got to take a rope. Or do we say, no, it's okay, leave it there. You know, nobody's getting a rope. Just don't go down there. Listen, usually food doesn't have legs where it crawls out on its own. If the food is high up and nature is connected to gravity, so at some point they may come down. But when something's down in a pit, it ain't walking out by itself. So maybe it's okay. Or do we say that um, sometimes you can have somebody go down to the pit, they'll find some chametz and bring it out, and all of a sudden make it accessible to somebody else. So do I need to get rid of it from the pit? All right, that's the second shayla. Again, shayla number one, what happens if it's very high up? Shayla number two, what happens if it's very low down? Shayla number three. If you're going to say we're concerned about when it's very low down, that a person may bring it up. What happens if you have bread in the mouth of a snake? Do you have to get a person who deals with snakes to get the loaf out of its mouth? Or not? Now what's the shayla over here? Okay, The shayla is do the Rabbanon say that you got to use your body to get rid of chametz? So as long as it's capable of you doing it by yourself, you're mechoyiv to not only do a bittel, but also destroy it, search it out. But maybe the Rabbanon don't obligate me to spend money on that. Or maybe the chiyav of b'dikas chametz is both begufei or b'mamayne. I got to not only, either I use my body, and sometimes I can't do it by myself. I gotta spend money. Gotta hire somebody to do it for me. So Gemara says, Teku, we're not sure how to answer um, these shilas. Again, the shila of the high up chametz and the shila of the low down chametz is really one shila. 
Okay, it's really one shaila with an imtim tzolaymer. Okay, how exactly does it work? But it's it's similar to that it's out of the norm for me to get access to this. And then there's a second shaila about the nachash. What happens if I have, and to put it to practical terms, what happens if I have chametz? But the only way for me to get rid of this chametz, besides for bittel, is if I spend my own money. Do I have to, do the Rabbanon want me to spend my own money on bedikas uh, chametz, or, or am I not obligated to do that? The Gemara says, take the question stands. Period. End of that Gemara. Okay. Change course here. Brand new Mishnah. Let's go. Rabbi says, We do a Bedika the night of the 14th, like we learned in the previous Mishnah. And also, we, you do another Bedika. Listen to this. Not only the night of the 14th, also feasting in the morning of the 14th. And also, at the time that you burn the Chametz, the sixth hour of the day, you do another checking to make sure there's no Chametz. Three times. Says Rabbi Yehuda, the Chamrim, the Cham say no. Leibadak arar ba'asar, yivdaik ba'ar ba'asar. Only if you didn't check at night, you have to check by day. Leibadak ba'ar ba'asar, you didn't check in the morning. Yivdaik b'say chamayid, you could even check, you know, uh, at the proper time of disposing of the chametz. Leibadak b'say chamayid, yivdaik ba'achar chamayid, you check even later. In other words, you don't do three checkings. There's an ideal time, then a b'diyavet time, and then a plan C, a plan D, a plan E, so on and so forth. All right. Umasha b'shayir. What happens? I do a bedika on uh, the night before Pesach. And then I want to go to Dunkin' Donuts. I want to eat, uh, right, that's the minig in some cities. You go out and you buy a chametz in the morning, Erev Pesach, last dibs on the chametz. All right? What happens if you left over chametz? Yani chenu bitzina. You should keep it off to the side. Don't put it back in your house. You just did a bedika. If you just bring it back into your kitchen, like it ain't no thing, all of a sudden you're going to be mechoyev in another bedika. But if you keep it off to the side, you're okay. My time with Rabbi Yehuda. What in the world is the svuda for Rabbi Yehuda that we're doing a bedika the night before the 14th, the night of the 14th, the morning, by the Zman beer? What's up? Rav Chisab Rabbi Baravuna Dami Tarvay, Rav Chisab Rabbi Baravuna Bosei, Kineged Shaloish HaShabos It's because there's three Shabosois that are listed in the Torah. Now, over here, we're not talking about Shabbos. Here, we're talking about stoppings. The word Shabbos means stopping, yeah, to stop. So there's three breaks that the Torah sets for Chometz. You should not see, and you shall, it should not be seen to you, both Chometz and yeast. And it says, for seven days, you cannot find Se'ar. On the first day, which we interpreted to mean already Erev Yom Tif, the Se'ar must be removed from your home. And therefore, um, we have three different times where you have breaks. You got a break from Chometz. So he says, that means search it out three times. That's his remes. Of the three different psukim represent the three different times to go search out your homes. Okay. Mosev, Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi has a challenging question. Rabbi Yudah says, Anybody doesn't do bedika during these three times. If you didn't do it then, then you don't do it at all. 
we see the machlaikas is only about after the zman, but it's not a machlaikas about what the zman is. So it can't be that Rabbi Yaisi is arguing, uh, Rabbi Yehuda is saying, oh, there's, man, there's three zman, and the Chavim is saying, no, there's one zman. It seems the main thrust of their machlaikas is only like in a bidiyavid. Once the zman passes and I haven't done it, then what? Let's explain. Marzutra Masni Hachi. Marzutra explained it as follows. Mosib Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi asked a challenging question. Rabbi Yudah says, A person does not do a bedika the night before, the morning of, or the Zman beer. Shuv Enai Baidik does not do any more bedika. Alma, you see, Bishuv Enai Baidik, who depligi, you see the Machlaikas is that a person only has to do a search once. It says, don't do it anymore. Once I did a bedika the night of the 14th, I'm done. Or once I do a bedika the morning of the 14th, I'm done. Or once I do a bedika at the Zman beer, also I'm done. So what's the machlaikas here? So let's keep reading. If, you're, if we're a little confused and we need clarity, we're going to have to keep reading the Gemara. Rather, here's the machlaikas of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda agrees that there's only one Zman Bedika. But Rabbi Yehuda is saying, if you didn't do the Bedika the night before Pesach, Seder, the night of the 14th, then there's another Zman to do it. And this is what our Mishnah means. Here's the bottom line of our Mishnah. Mar Savar, Rabbi Yehuda holds. Mekame Isura in Basar Isura Lai. The mitzvah of Bedikas Chametz is to be done prior to the Chametz becoming Asr de Araisa. So either you do it the night before, Stone Mutter. Or I do it the morning of the 14th, Chametz is Stone Mutter to me. I'm allowed to eat breakfast, Chametz. I could eat a donut for breakfast, I could eat chocolate cake. Or you do it at the hour that it needs to be disposed of. It's not Asr yet, it's not Asr Ba'na. But once you get past the time where now the chametz becomes usher, don't do a bedika. Stavka don't. Because if you do a bedika an hour too late and you find bread, you may want to taste it. You might put it in your mouth. Says Rabbi Yehuda, the night before, the morning of, the hour of, doesn't mean three times. What it means is, if you don't do it before, make sure in the morning. Don't do the morning, make sure to do it at the time of beer, but then don't do any more. Stop. You're not helping yourself if you do a bedika later on on Arab Pesach. You're hurting yourself because now you're going to have access to chametz. You're searching for a problem. Rabbanan Sarvi, like us, Rabbanan say, no. There's no gazeri, you might come to eat it. The main thing is, get the chametz out of your location, get it out. So if you don't do a bedika beforehand, do a bedika even after the zman. Seder. Valt. Practically, umi gazer Yehuda don't masi lemechmanei. Does Rabbi Yehuda hold of a that you dafka shouldn't do a bedika because you might come to eat it? But tonight we learned in the Mishnah, misha karav aimer. Once the carbon aimer was brought, yaitzenu mitzi shuki yishlaim shehem aleim kemach bekeli. They'd go out into the marketplace of Yishlam, and they would fill it up with, uh, with flour, 
and all the all the um, grains of the chadash, right? Chadash now becomes mutter. All the grains are becoming mutter once they bring the uh, once they bring the carbon which the chachamim wasn't happy about. This is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Now, the issue was like this: the carbon aimer is brought on the second day of Pesach, so they would already start preparing the chadash grain erev Pesach. They would already start putting it out into the marketplace a little bit early. Rav Meir says the Chum weren't happy about this, because even though it was about to be permitted to eat in, we'll call it, 27 hours, or 36 hours, even though it was going to be muttered to eat soon, right now it's not permitted, so don't put it out in the marketplaces. Rav Yudah, Rav Yudah says, and the Chum said it's okay, you can put it out in the marketplaces, Arab Pesach, don't worry about it. And there's no concern that, oh, you might come to eat it before the... So what do you see from here? The same Rabbi Yehuda who tells us, don't do a badika in the Mishnah because you may come to eat prohibition is the one who's not concerned about eating prohibition as far as the Chadash is concerned. So does he care about this or not? And for the Gemara, Amar Rabbah, Rabbah says, shiny Chadash, Chadash is different than Chametz. Because it's only Chadash only becomes permitted by pulling things out of the ground by hand, and therefore Huzachar, a person is going to be ultra careful, is going to be incredibly careful not to uh, not to eat it, because Rashi explains you're you're not even allowed to pull it out of the ground in the first place until the carbonite is brought. So this all the stuff you're taking to the marketplace. You were only allowed to pull it out, Rashi explains, because you did it with a shinoi. You did it in an unusual way. You didn't harvest it in the usual fashion. You, you, you plucked it. You pulled it out of the ground with your hand. Since the whole thing is being done in an unusual and, and uh, you know, done with, with thought, it takes foresight to be allowed to do this. Memela, there's enough thought going into this whole process that we're not concerned. is not going to be concerned the person may come to eat it. As opposed to a matzah, Maybe we will have that concern. And Be'ez Hashem, tomorrow we'll pick up from Amalei Abaye and we will give a quick recap of the, you know, of this halacha of Chadash and uh, continue on in this sugya.